Welcome to Turning Purple, where we take an in-depth look at life as an independent artist. The good, the bad, and the kiki carry of it all. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Oh, it's an early morning recording session today. On today. On today. I thought it would be... Nice to get up and do it and get it out of the way so we could, you know. Do other stuff. Do other stuff. There's more stuff to be done than ever. Um, yeah. So uh, here we are, still in Boston. sunny Los sunny. Angeles. Well, it's chilly. not sunny today. Chilly it's Los kind of Angeles. Chilly. I had to but get then, my, I haven't worn a haven't, long pants in quite a while. Yeah, me neither. I had to put on a... Um, a cardigan. <laughs> um, my Mr. Rogers cardigan mm-hmm. this morning. Yeah. Because um, it was there was a chill there was a chill in the air. It's still so chilly. <laughs> oh. Meanwhile it's like seventy-five. Yeah. <laughs> we're used we're used to like if it's below a hundred, it's then, cold. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Phoenix has gotten into our blood, apparently. But it's refreshing. I like it. And it's definitely, you can notice the moisture in the air. Yes, I do appreciate the moisture in the air. But God, my allergies in Los yeah. Angeles are out of control. Oh, I forgot to take my allergy pill. I have to do that in between mm-hmm. our little, in between our segments. Oh, I mean, I missed it. I forgot to take it like the last two days and it just like all of a sudden hit me. Like I was fine and then it was just like, bam. I was like, ah, bam. Coughing, sneezing. Don't nobody want coughing and sneezing around. No, not these days. No, man. Get out. Get out of here. Coronavirus. Coronavirus. Not a good time for allergies. It's just allergies. I'm sorry. Don't hit me. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um. So we've been <laughs> I had a bad busy. dream. We've been I had a bad dream. Oh. It's tough being tough for it's tough for me to shake. I'm trying. <laughs> Wait, what was your dream? I don't it wasn't even like a it wasn't a nightmare. It was just a really like melancholy and sad and I, I was at it's kind of a it's part part of it was a recurring the setting was a recurring setting. It's this giant complex which is a school a shopping mall a mansion um yeah and a mansion wait all together all together <laughs> it's the same giant building um and in it like in the school part of it which is going going back and forth between scenarios in each part and for some reason, this time, it's a place that I've been before because I have the settings of my, I have recurring settings mm-hmm. in my dreams. Sometimes the things that take place are different, but the settings, there's a few that are recurring, and this is one of them. And every setting, something really sad happened, but not like in a like boohoo sad, but just like kind of like in the school. I found it too, I was like overwhelmed with by the work that I had. So I had to like, I don't know. I was like either kicked out of the class or I had to stop doing the class. And then in the, in the, in the, I was fired from my job and the, in the, um, 
in the part of the complex that was <laughs> that was a store, mm-hmm. and then in the mansion part, there was a, a friend of mine that I don't see very often, who was like supposed supposed to be getting married, um, but was having like second thoughts about it. And then I realized that I was never going to get married. It was just a very, like, it was a whole confluence of, like, kind of downer scenarios. And I woke up and uh, it was one of those times where you wake up and you don't immediately realize that it was a dream. Mm, yeah. So it took a few seconds. And what really bummed me out wasn't so much the fact that it was a dream. It was those few seconds where I thought it was real. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, it was a real bummer, and it's like just you know how sometimes it just sticks with you, the feeling. Yeah, yeah, the feeling. Is I just- don't dream very often, but when I do, it's usually very vivid, and like I sometimes wake up and I can't tell if it was real or not. Mm-hmm. We got any dream interpreters out there? <laughs> I mean, let it's us know. Quite, I, I don't know. Things are going along quite smoothly right now, and I'm not generally feeling any of those ways that I'm aware of mm-hmm. in my own life. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm not sure what it is, what it, what my anxieties are about that would trigger something like this. I guess I need to do a little. I don't know. I think sometimes just a dream doesn't have to mean anything. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I um, it could be. It could be. I mean, I think of weird stuff all the time when I'm awake, so it doesn't mean that uh, I'm going to do it or has any substance behind it. I just, sometimes you just think of weird stuff. I guess that's Why true. you think so weird? I don't know. Um, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> I'm trying to shake it. But that weird uh, feeling is still clinging to me. Feeling. Feeling. Like a downer. <laughs> Slightly. No, it's not that bad. It's just like a weird, like a kind of a ucky, ucky weirdness. Well, maybe you should try to correct your dream <laughs> as to make it nice segue better and more pleasant. <laughs> um, so, and if you're, um, you know. For those of you just joining us, this yes. season we're doing um, we're taking a look at our process, our creative process, because we've had some requests to talk about such things, and neither of us really had uh, the language with which to speak of it because it's not something either of us has ever really thought about. No, nope. um, so just we thought did it. we just did it. We just thought so. We thought it would be useful and interesting for us and everyone else if we took a little bit of a deep dive into the cool waters of, of our Lake creative of, process. Uh, of our creative process. Um, so, so we did cool. some light research, which is the best kind of research for us anyway. Um, and we came across... We mopped seven steps from the internet of, that we wanted to use as a lens to, to, to view our creative process. And the steps are as follows. Do you want to read them, Adam Joseph? Sure. The steps are intention, incubation, investigation, composition, clarification, correction, which is our step today. 
And <laughs> completion. Completion. She completion. So that, those are the lenses through which we're going to examine our own creative process. And as Adam Joseph just said, today is correction. Bitch, you better come correct. You better come correct. What are your initial um, thoughts on correction? Um, well, I think correction is, is kind of like the composition step with a little bit more um, understanding of what you're actually doing. You know what I mean? Because you've had that chance to step back from what you've initially created and look at it from more of a from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of understand the overall concept of what you're doing instead of getting stuck in like just looking at it from the inside. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Um you know, it's like with the with the clarification that you've made after your composition, you can look at it and be like, okay, well, for example, I wanted to write, you know, a club banger, right? I want to write an anthem that everyone's going to sing along to. So you're writing it, and it might feel like an anthem while you're writing it, but then when you step back, you're like, wait a minute, maybe there's a little too much going on. Maybe there needs to be a little simpler. Maybe So then you go back, and you're like, let me make this the best possible version of this that it can be, you know? Um, yeah, well, you've clarified. You know what you think about it. Right. Now you know you gotta, what now you, you gonna know do what about you, it. What you got to do to what fix it. What you gonna it. do about it? It's the editing. It's yeah, editing is what strikes me as like maybe yeah. the most succinct well, way. Because a lot of times, like, yeah, ed- yeah, this is this is where you. Edit. A, a lot of times, it's like you don't even need to go and add different things. Sometimes you already have everything that you need. Sometimes Just rearrange, you take it, rearrange, take it. You know. Take some stuff out. Less is more sometimes, you know? Yeah. You don't always have to like go back and rewrite. No. And this is again. Or whatever you're doing. We've said this before. I think it kind of encapsulates the usefulness of stretching out the process over these this many steps. Viewing it as a continuum, as something that is longer than just the, the act of making. I think right. this it's kind of encapsulates that. Yeah, it's not because just you're not, when you're sitting down and writing the song. It's more, way more. Well, it than takes that. the pressure. Like I think this this kind of highlights mm-hmm. the how pressure can be taken off of the rest of the steps. Right. You don't. Correction is built in. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you failed. Right. Like you you you've taken a look at what you've made and you're like, oh, that's not right. Well, that doesn't mean you got to throw it away. You've looked right. at you've looked at it what you've looked at what it is, and now you just this is the time that's built in that you've already know is coming mm-hmm. for you to um to go back and fix and fix like put fixing could be like you said putting more stuff in or taking stuff away mm-hmm. or just rearranging. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily you don't even necessarily. I guess what I'm trying to say is you don't have to think of it as starting over. 
No. So it I mean, makes sometimes, it less stressful. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it is, you know, starting over. Like I talked about that song that I did last week where I looked back at it and I'm like, I don't know. And then I, the only thing I kept was the name of the song and I completely wrote another song. But I've also written songs where it's like, this is good. I like this. But like, what if I just ch- changed this? Or what if I just took this part out and just repeated this other part? And then it's like, oh yeah, this works better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it just depends. It, it's very, it depends on the project, you yes. know, what you're going to have to do obviously. But, um, a lot of times I think that it might even be, you know, getting back to the original feeling and idea that you had in the first place, you know, because with the, through the comp- composition process, sometimes you can really just like go off the path that you were originally on into some other place completely. And maybe this could be pulling you back towards what you already knew, which, where you already were. You know what I mean? Um, it just, you know, it just depends. Sometimes I, sometimes I write songs and I listen back to them and I'm like, you know what? I did it right the first time and I'm not going to change anything. It's cool, you know, but that's still like, there's still, I, you still have to take that moment to like figure it out, listen back. Is it, is it good? Sometimes it's literally just, you know, this needs to come right in at the beginning of the song instead of having an intro or you know what I mean it's like yeah like you said before some it's some the parts are generally there mm-hmm. sometimes you just gotta re- rearrange them yeah it's just like you know just, you don't gotta throw the baby out with the bath water no you do not <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> is that your baby noise? <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm just a baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's just like when they make products, when companies make products, they they test them, they do all kinds of trials with them before they actually release them to the world, so that they know that they can stand behind that product. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, think about your creations as as a product like is this the best that it can be you know what i mean could it be better um could it be worse you know what i mean i don't know but like it might in fact be worse i think that i think that you know you definitely don't get you don't want to get stuck on this is what i created so this is what it has to be because i think that's easy i think that's if that's a if, to the, get if there's there. a a, a there's like a main takeaway that would be one of them. Yeah. There's multiple from this entire endeavor. Mm-hmm. That would be one of them. Right. Well, this is what it, this is what I thought of the first time. So it has to be this. Like, no, it doesn't. It's not out yet. And that's the thing. Like, the next step that is the final step, completion. But all of these things, like you know, because once you put it out, once you put it up on YouTube, once you release that album, once you wear that look in public or whatever, it's done. It's seen, it's heard. And there's not, you can't change it then. But 
just because you wrote a song and it's not out doesn't mean, you know, that the, the, the only time that it's really over is when you actually release it. You know, yeah. you have to remember that because it could still change. Like I remember when, um, Erica Badu, I'm, who I'm a huge fan of, one of my favorite artists, mm-hmm. on her album Mama's Gun, they had printed out the booklet um, for the album. Yeah. And, you know, it had like all of the uh, lyrics and everything, like in, in the track listing and stuff. And then on the album, like the actual CD, this is back when people actually released CDs. Mm -hmm. There was a different, there was a different track listing and she had changed the order of the album in between the time that they had sent out the, the artwork to be printed and the, and the time of the actual release. So I think that they printed the CDs. They had sent out, you know, they sent out the artwork because I, I think they had to do that for before mm. and before they actually like mastered the album and put it in the order that it was going to be in. And then on that, on the CD, she, she wrote the new track listing and then said, sorry, I had to change it up at the last minute, you know? Mm. So like she, like most people I think would be like, well, the, the, the artwork is already done and like the booklet is already printed. So I can't change the order because it's on the order. And, th- and she was just like, whatever, whatever, I'll write it on this disc and people will understand that I had to change up the order at the last minute because, you know, sometimes you listen to something a hundred times and it sounds right. And then you listen to it one more time and you're like, wait a minute, well, what if I did this? And then you go back and you experiment and you change it and you're like, now it's perfect. You know, so it's never too late, really, until it's really out. Yeah. Even if, even if something is like already printed and in stone, whatever, you know, it's better to have it live the way that you really think it should instead of like letting certain things in your mind hold you back and be mm-hmm. like, no, it has to be this way or whatever. No, it doesn't have to be that it way. It should. Yeah. Should is the evil word. Right, right. It's dangerous. <laughs> and I mean, you know, that's the thing take about it out of your the creative process is really just a bunch of decisions that you have to make for yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, these are just like all steps through decision-making processes, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I have the, like I said, I, I mentioned this, I've said that before, like my views on the, like should, it's a trap mm-hmm. that it's a, it's a trap. It's a, you know, a mental trap. It's a way of thinking that has nothing to do with you. Yes, it's the ego. You it's should the outside. It's every. It has, it's completely outside of yourself. So if you're ever, this is useful. I have to remind myself of this all the time because I got hung up for years and shoulds. Mm-hmm. Um, but these days, I try to consciously uh, remove that thought pattern. Yeah. If the word should comes into your mind, especially if it comes out of your mouth, uh, you need to rethink. Uh, you need to go back inside mm-hmm. uh, and and remove that from the equation because should what? According to who? Is there, is there next question? You know, if 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 the word should appears in your thought process or comes out of your mouth, mm. uh, your immediate reaction 
you should try and make your media reaction like should according to who yeah. to whom yeah um i mean if it's according to your own standards then cool you know what i mean like but i generally when that word comes yeah. into your consciousness it does not you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about other people, right? right. Or uh, patterning it has to be more patterning like this what person, you, yeah. more like that patterning person. something after something that somebody. It's so else funny. We were just done. watching this show, Song Exploder. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Yeah. It was about the kind of creative process. And that the was story, hilarious. The story <laughs> of making a song. I, I, I believe it's a podcast, and now they made it into a Netflix like mm-hmm. series. There's only like four episodes. It's very well done. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed, enjoyed watching. I enjoyed it. watching. I always love to enjoy those things because I don't. You don't get to see that. No, that all the time. And the thing, and especially for me to say that because I generally don't enjoy, especially music documentaries about people that I don't like their music. I just, I can't watch, I don't find them. It's weird. I, I like documentaries and I like music documentaries, but mm-hmm. if I don't like the music yeah, well, that they're talking about, then I don't really have interest. Yeah. But this, I actually really, the way that it's done, mm-hmm. uh, I found it to be very engaging, even though I don't particularly yeah. care for some of those people's music. But one kind of um, <laughs> contradiction that I found it was hilarious. so blatant and hilarious. Um, was what was his name? Who that? Two chains. No, Ty Dolla Sign. Ty Dolla Sign. Ty Dolla Sign was talking about this song that he created called "L.A." and he um said in the beginning, like. Oh, I think they were talking about the drums of the song, and they were like the original demo had this drums had these the this drum sound this mm. these drum sounds on it, and he's like, and then you went back and you changed it and blah blah blah, and he's and and they're like, why did you decide to change the drums? And he's like, because I don't want because he's like it sounded too typical. I don't want my music sounding like anybody else. I don't want it to sound anything like anything else. He launched into this tirade you know, about how he didn't want like, his music to sound like anybody it needs else's to be music. individual and blah blah blah, and, <laughs> and I'm like. Like okay, I can relate to that. Yeah, like, of course, I get that. I've, I think, and I—that's the funny thing. I think a lot of people say that, even when their uh, music obviously sounds like everything else. But anyway, and then at the end of the episode, they're like, "So, how do you know when you're finished creating?" You know, and he's like, "Well, when I get the mix back, I take it in the car and I turn on, you know, one hundred three point seven or whatever the popping radio station is." And I listen to a couple songs and then I switch it over to my mix. And if it sounds like it fits in with that, then I know that it's done. <laughs> it was like, wait a minute. Hold on I a thought, second. You just said <laughs> that you didn't want your music to sound like anything, anything else. Like you wanted it to, and, and, but the way that you think about, the way that you decide whether it's done or not is if it sounds like everything listen else. to the radio and then if it <laughs> sounds like the stuff on the radio. I was just, girl. Hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he was talking more of a mix point of view because not, a mix, and when you're no. talking about music, mm-hmm. a mix is one thing. Mix and production are two different things. But I just thought it was funny how it literally he was like proud of this process that he was like, well, I go and listen to the radio. He calls and, it the car test. The car test. I go listen to the radio and then I listen to my song. And if it sounds like it fits in with those songs, then I know that it's done. <laughs> it's just like, but you don't want your music to sound like anything else. Cool. I get it. 
Yeah, it's kind of contradictory. Yeah, I, just I was do funny. like the show. I do like the show. I mean, I like the format. It's very no. I love the show. I just thought that 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 little part well, of it was hilarious watching artists like but recording I get, artists. I get where he's coming from. Though. I do watching recording artists listen to their stems, especially after a long period of time, mm-hmm. was very engaging. Yeah, they to see kind of, their reactions they, to the the they, interviewer takes the like uh, takes the tracks a apart. stem, which is like one one, part. one track, like just the piano of a song or just the, just the lead vocal of the song with nothing else, and it's um, playing by itself and plays it for the artist. It's extremely interesting. And they're like, oh wow, like. Or they like uh, sometimes it was they REM and like Michael Stipe and he was like did not want to listen to his lead vocal. So cringy. He got real cringy. He was like, when oh, they God. made him listen to his yeah. uh, his individual vocal stems. Mm-hmm. And then I remember one the dude with the drummer guy was like, I don't remember doing that at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. He's like, there's a clap part in there. It's like, oh, he's like, claps it is. in there. Is, is it in there? The final recording? Like, oh, it is. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know forgot there was claps in there yeah because that's that's the funny thing about making music that um i enjoy i do enjoy listening back to the songs that i've produced because no one can hear them the same way that the person that produced them hears it because i can hear all those individual parts Mm -hmm. that i created that you would never hear because it's all mixed together you know what i mean um, and, and sometimes I wish that, you know, people could hear more stuff with like just one sound, you know, one, one part instead of all the parts mixed together. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't know, it's just, it's a totally different feeling, you know? Yeah. Um, but they can't, so. But they can't. <laughs> Or can they? I mean, what is that? Is I know they're doing a lot of shit on Tidal. Um, do you know anything about no. that? I'm they're not doing sure. Like releasing. Well, they're. I know that tracks. they're. Yeah, I don't. Maybe I'm making this up, but Tidal is doing a bunch of shit where you can hear stuff that you wouldn't normally have heard. I know that they're releasing uh, masters on Tidal. What does that mean? Like, there's a they're re-releasing. A lot of artists are re-releasing original masters that because of the the evolution of digital technology um, and the way that they can stream it now, you can actually stream master quality um, oh, like a audio, which is not because the the mediums that we have to to listen that we've had to listen yeah. to music over the years have not been yeah. Unless, oh God! It's, it's never such been. a shame how the quality say of music the, has deteriorated mm-hmm. because it used vinyl to be, is supposedly the closest that you can get from an actual studio master. Well, that um, depends. That it de- used to be when people recorded used on to tape. Yeah, that's that what vinyl, I'm saying. But people don't record on tape anymore, hardly at all, and they just record digital. And in that case, you can get the quality of like that they put on a CD, which would be like the highest quality of the version that they recorded. But then when you start converting even. it into MP3, it is not, you know, so. They're not, and the, but CDs aren't either. 
<clears throat> like they're not the, the same quality as the original tape masters because when CDs first came out, they were still doing tape masters. Right, right. So they're so title is now releasing. There's a you know if you pay whatever how much more a month you can get. Hmm. Uh, you know the the you can get. You can stream the actual studio masters, and I—it's really—it's quite shocking the difference. Mm-hmm. Like uh, a friend of ours who's really, really <laughs> a huge music head um, has the service, and I listened to um, Madonna release some of her studio masters, and I listened listened to some of her old songs, mm-hmm. and it's crazy. Yeah, like a board, like the in the, the beginning of Borderline, mm-hmm. like that piano that. What is that? The roads? Boom. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. You boom. can hear the studio musician. You can hear the pads going down. You can hear the mm-hmm. musician's fingers hitting mm-hmm. the keys. Yeah. It's a, but you know what I mean? Stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like you can hear so much more. Like all, it's just, it's unbelievable yeah. the amount of information that is missed when translating from. The yeah. master to different. Mediums. Yeah, it's just so weird because now, like, everyone's listening to songs on their through their phones and through their laptop speakers, and uh, it's just gross. Like, get some good headphones, people. Like, it's not fair to yourself or the artist to listen to music that way. <laughs> I remember when um, Universal Mother came out, uh, Shane Del Connor's album Universal Mother. Uh, then when in the first time that I'd ever seen, like in the liner notes, it was like this uh, album is best experienced through headphones. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, like that and was I was back like, oh really? I back, gotta go get some right. headphones. And that was back when people were still using <laughs> stereos, but now people are just listening to stuff through their phones, and it's like, it's actually, it's interestingly, interestingly enough, it's changed the way that music is produced because you know you have a low deep bass line or whatever and if that's like the only thing you really have on the song you can't hear that frequency in a phone you know so like they have to have those high leads or whatever to like cut through to be like there is some type of thing going on here um i don't know it's 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 weird um but what do you think like has there been something in the past that you've like had to um Go and correct. Yes, so there's the project that we worked on that was sitting around for years and years and years. The, my EP, right. the EP project. When I first, um, I had gone. I don't even know what I was inspired. I was on vacation. I was like away for a while for some reason. Mm-hmm. I remember I was at my mom's in Florida, and I just uh, I was there for a few weeks. I think maybe a month, and I just sat around like writing songs. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really have, I, I knew that I wanted to write some songs. Like I wanted to do some stuff. I wanted to write some songs. I felt like I needed to write some songs. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote a bunch. And like, but I didn't have any sort of, they were just lyrics, melodies. Right. I didn't really have any sort of. And there wasn't like a clear intention of there like was what no, you wanted to do with yeah. <clears throat> what, I, what what it was going to be used for, what it was going to do with it, and then when I got back, we started working on them, and uh, 
You, you came for me one time, and yeah. I was like, I was like, girl, no, I'm like, no, that's not what Erica tour. No. That's not an Erica tour song. He's like, who, who's singing this? You were like, who's singing this? Right. And like, uh, I was like, I'm singing it. It's like, yeah, but Eric, like, you're singing it, or Erica tour is singing these songs. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, and I hadn't even come to my entered my consciousness that like these songs are going to be released under. My character's you are name. a drag queen. Yeah, this isn't just me sitting around, you know, that singing. These, these, this is these are coming out of that Eric, was the Torres, Eric mouth. Torres album. <laughs> <laughs> they were just kind of basic bitch. Those were they were normie songs. songs. They were normal. As they like, were just like normie songs, as I like to call them, just normies. I don't. That's that's the why I don't. I don't like. I I write normie songs sometimes. And it's actually good for me that I have my job where I can write normie songs and I don't have to be attached to them. But a lot of times, like when I'm doing my own songs, they can't be normie songs. They have to be songs that only I could do, you know? Yeah. Because that's what sets me apart as an artist, you know? If it's mm. just another, oh, I love you, you're so great, blah, 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 you know? And it's like, no, like anybody could sing that song. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to sing a song about... You left about, me, you broke my heart. Right. Like, I need to sing a song about <laughs> daddy and like, wrong with those you know... <laughs> but uh, there's plenty of them. But yeah, but that you have you have to find... <clears throat> I've had to find what sets me apart. What makes my music valuable to people, you yeah. know? Um, <clears throat> because just like Ty Dolla Sign said, I don't want my music to sound like everybody else's, you know? But then I gotta go listen to it in the car and make sure it sounds just like everybody else. I mean, it is nice <laughs> when you listen to your song and it hits the, as hard. It's I think it's it's a mix. It's, it's a mixing thing, which has nothing to do with per, music production and songwriting. It's like, does it sound nice and clear and professional? And like, does the kick hit hard and deep and the snare, like you know that type of thing? But like, I I, I understand where he's coming from. And and it is a good feeling. I just thought it was, but it was hilarious. Like the fact that he's so adamant about like oblivious. I just want my music to sound like sound. I don't want to sound like anything else. The fact that he was so obviously oblivious to the blaring contradiction. But and (laughs) I mean, the really funny thing that you break it down is like, I don't want my my music to sound like anything else. So I'm going to use a talk box, just like. Uh, you know, California Love by Tupac. I'm gonna use um, like this string section, just like so well, many other also, people have and the used. People, well, like, yeah, he the, he hired the, like the a, guy that has done all of the string arrangements for every pop hit right. of, of the past thirty years. Right. I'm like, so you don't want any of it? Yeah. And I'm gonna get Brandy to come sing sing the hook on it. Well, then it's gonna sound like Brandy. <laughs> it's like weird. Um, I mean, that's the thing. These pop artists, I think, I think it's, it's I hilarious. I think they really do think that like they're trying to not sound like other people, but at the same time, by using they the totally same are trying to sound yeah, like other. You people. You don't sound like you don't sound different by using the same machine, right? You know, like Bjork had, you know, Matmos make, you know, they made. A yeah. Machine. Talk about talk <laughs> like about they not made sounding like other devi- somebody they made else. A, the physical device to create sounds in a yeah. way that had never been yeah. made before. Yeah, just for her. Like mm-hmm. you know, I know. She, and she had 
an actual, she's had actual physical music boxes made mm-hmm. that she plays on stage. I mean, like that's making, that's making sure right. that you don't sound like right. anything else. Right. Um, but when you, when you use, I just find it inter- like, it's, it's hilarious to me yeah. that the contradiction is so evident mm-hmm. and it happens in such a short amount of time. Maybe he, I guess you just can't hear yourself. Do you think he the realized was, it when no, he listened back? When he, walked, when he watched the, the, the show? Probably not though. Probably I think not. There's a lot of pride associated with the fact that he doesn't want his music to sound like everybody else's. And then there's a lot of pride to the fact that his music sounds just as good as anything else on the radio, you know? I don't um, think they probably don't. I, I would. But say if that your someone, music, in in all in all honesty, if your music didn't sound like everybody else's, it probably wouldn't be playing on the radio in the first place. Yeah, because that's just the way that's that what, the radio works. That's what pop radio is these days. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you came to me with these songs and I was like, you know what? Like the melodies are, some of the melodies are really good. We kept the the melodies. We kept like the structure of the song really. But I was like, we need to replace these normie lyrics with cunty drag queen lyrics (laughs) because you are a cunty drag queen. So, you know. I think that- and, and remember specifically the but the the overall intention specifically for Ova mm-hmm. was the same because it was the song. Was it was about, like a breakup song, yeah. You know, and like I'm over you, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, well, you sang me the lyrics, and I'm like, this is an I'm over you song. I'm moving on. Ova. <laughs> I'm over. And it was so easy. It was so yeah, simple because it's got so. And, and then you've like, got what if double we did a meaning song called "Over." I'm yeah. over it, you know. And you're because like, then you've got the double meaning, right? In we there. got the double meaning. We got the Queen's English. We got you know. It's like all oh, they're perfect, you know. Um, and then I was like, yeah, we need to take our language and use it in our lyrics, you know. Like I got to get my life. I got you know. Um, it was just like. All of the things like what we can't, you you don't want to forget about like what you represent in the first place. You mm-hmm. know, you want to incorporate that into your songs. I think I have those somewhere. Mm, maybe I don't. Those original songs that mm. I wrote. I like to find, pull them out and look at them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I I think that it, this is you know your fine tuning step that can take something from like good to like really good to great to amazing, you know? Um, it yeah, I think this like really takes you, you in it's on easier, where you wanted to go in the exactly. first place. It's easier to focus in. I think it's easier to get where you're going in the process. Mm-hmm. Again, just to reiterate, by have, by stretching it out, by... Um, having these moments built in mm-hmm. and not getting overwhelmed when things don't turn out the way yeah. that you thought they were going to. Because as I've said before, for me, it, that's never happened. Even as yeah. much as I love to plan, mm-hmm. as much as I have to plan, I don't think it's I love to, it's like I have to. I think it's like an erotic thing. <laughs> as much as I have to do that, it never comes out the way that I had planned. Yeah. So... Well, speaking of stretching things out, um, <laughs> I mean, no, I was telling you about this before. My second album, uh-huh. I went 
and I was recording it and I had an issue with the company that I was working with kind of halfway through the recording process of the album and I had to end up not working with them and scrapping all the vocal recordings that I had done with them and basically like, well, I went to a different a recording engineer and I had to re-record all the songs. I had the, I had the music, the music stayed the same, um, but I had to re-record all the vocals. And so in that time, this was like, in, in, that we were negotiating with stuff for like a year before I finally decided that I was like, I don't think this is going to work out and we're going to have to just move on. Finally, when we made that, when I made that decision and I, and I set up the recording with the other engineer, I went back and revisited the songs. And I think I was like kind of listening to some other stuff and like just hearing what people were doing. And I was like, I think I want to just like revisit these songs, re-record the demos and just change some stuff, add some stuff, make it a little bit better, you know? And I actually went back and like rewrote half the songs on the album after I'd already recorded them once, you know? Um, because I just had that, that extra time that I didn't even think I was originally going to have. I mean, if I would have stayed with that company, would I would have released a completely different song. Yeah. You know? So um, it was good to have that time for me, at least because I could go back and um, really like listen and be like, is this really what I want it to be? And then go back and I had a, a second chance to record the the song. So I, the second time around it was, I was recording a different version of that song. You know, they didn't complete, I didn't scrap and completely change anything. Um, actually, I did. It, there was one song that I had made, and it's the title track of the album, Love Philosophy. I had a complete, I can't even remember what that song was called. I had a completely different song over this track. And then it just kind of like this one, this album that I'm doing now, I didn't really have a song that I wanted to name the album after. Mm -hmm. And finally I thought of Love Philosophy and I was like, I really like that because the whole album is like love songs and like different sides of love. And um, I thought of Love Philosophy and then I went back and rewrote the song called Love Philosophy and put it over that that track mm-hmm. that I'd already written another song for that I scrapped. Um, so yeah, I was like, I'm glad I had that time and I could go back and kind of change and correct things because I think it made it into, you know, definitely made it different, but I think it made it better in the end. Yeah. Well, we have been working on this series of videos for me and we actually filmed a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and we, and it just wasn't working. And, uh, we went back and redid mm-hmm. like completely redid it with a completely different concept. Yeah. So, but we still, you know, the intention was still there. We're still doing the same thing, same song, same everything. It just what we had just wasn't working. And so we did something much simpler that is working much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, really cool. So yeah, sometimes you just, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it's the first time we're doing 
these projects and it, sometimes it takes some experimentation to figure out like what's going to work for that specific type of project, you yeah. know. Sometimes you actually have to make it before you can <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, you, you have know. to experiment. You have yeah. to it's trial and error like does this look cool? Does that look cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh because you can't I mean it's e- it's to easy to open. see it in your mind, I guess, mm-hmm. but it doesn't always translate, you know, so you have to take that into account as well. And I guess another takeaway f- would be from this whole thing is to remain to, it's a reminder to remain open. Yes. Like you're not done. You don't have to be done. You don't have to be done. You're not done. You know what I mean? Until like until after, it's out. Until, until it's you out. decide that it's really done. Yeah. You should decide that it's done. You shouldn't have to. You shouldn't feel like it's just oh, because well, it's, I did it. I so did it. Must it be so done. it must be done. You know, I did it once. That's so that's as, as well. good as it can get. You know. Yeah. That's no. never. That's never true. Yeah. Um. You have to think about it. It's just like it's a you're, you know it's a it's a growth process. Just like when you're learning to you know you just you're going to keep getting better and better as you as the more times that you do it, right? Like with experience uh, comes growth. So it's um, you know sure you do have to. Uh, finish things, you know, don't wait until you've mastered every single whatever to put anything out. I do not, I do not suggest that. I think that you also grow from releasing and, you know, it might not feel absolutely a hundred percent perfect, but sometimes you have to just decide that you're finished, but do take the time to, really decide whether or not it it is ready and done you know um because that's also the frustrating thing about the it fact is that, that you have made something shouldn't be the only determining factor of whether or not you put it out right right right, <laughs> right. is it you know is, but but also i think that you know i've always got some kind of element of it's good enough you know what i mean when i when i'm finishing something because it's never going to be perfect you know what i mean is it ever perfect no i have problems with everything that i've done but i can't let it's you have to know that it's never going to be perfect so you have to accept that with within itself so that you can actually release things and move on because until you release something you you can never really move on in the first place you're always going to be stuck on that you know and that's why I like to release music because it kind of propels me forward and allows me to, you know, move to the next project. But that's what we'll talk about next week. Yeah, girl. Um, Correctatia. She correct? Come did you come correct? correct? Did you come? Did she come correct? That's a personal question or oh, and ooh. I don't feel correct. I don't feel correct talking to you about that. Um, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> she took um, it there, huh? Yeah, and uh so you were talking about like the video project that we're doing and mm-hmm. yeah, it took some time. I mean, I just did a remix for um an artist and 
I uh, I had to go back. Uh, I sent them a, like a couple versions, and it was like it was cool. It was fine, but then I went back and I um, listened to it and started experimenting with like taking things in, taking things out. Sorry, taking things out, stripping it down so that when everything it, it you know all the elements are in playing it would be more effective, you know? Mm-hmm. And I actually like made it shorter, trimmed a little bit of fat off it. And then when I sent that version, the artist was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, this is perfect. I love this, you know? So it was like really giving them less, you know, less was yeah. more. Well, I think I've said, I've said this before in this series, like being mindful of what your predisposed to do mm-hmm. like what are your tendencies mm-hmm. and I think for you your tendency is to add too much right right <laughs> keep piling it so on. your correction generally is taking things away mm-hmm. um, you know I don't know I think I have very opposite con like uh, concept not concepts but like um kind of opposite ways of looking at that type of a thing, especially when it comes to something like aesthetic, you know, like aesthetics as something I'm going to wear or something that I'm making for people to view. Um, I kind of have opposing opinions. It's either like you, you were talking, you were saying, um, the, the saying is like, you should look at yourself in the mirror before you leave the house and take one thing off. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that. But I kind of, my philosophy with the as, far, a drag as, queen. as a drag queen, as far as like accessorizing in anything aesthetically, I like opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I like a lot or very little. I love minimal and I love. I don't Maximal. like things that are, yeah. <laughs> I don't like things that are in between. They just don't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Things that are kind of. I like a like I love homes that you can um that you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. There's like a chair in the corner and all the rest of the appliances come out of the wall. Yes. I love shit like that. Uh-huh. And I also love homes that have tons of um you know like color coordinated tchotchkes mm-hmm. or like you know just filled with like yeah. uh knickknacks. I mean I like Stuff I like minimal and I love maximal. Like, uh, there's just something that I learned um, in event production um, early on. It was a philosophy of my first like employer was when in doubt, max it out. Mm-hmm. Putting a ton of the same object in a space is always good. Yeah, it always makes an impact. If you take one, if you take a thing like an object, you can't figure out like uh, as far as like merchandising and stuff like that, or or creating uh, a space for people to exist in uh, mm. to experience. Um, if you can't think of anything else, you take the element that you have and put a thousand of them in there. Mm-hmm. It always it's always great. <clears throat> yeah, I and I think that that uh, uh, like I I see that in a lot of things that I do but I also like the opposite like currently I'm not wearing any sort of um, 
accessories really at all. It's either one or none. Mm-hmm. Like I'll either wear a pin or a ring. Yeah. Um, but there's like also one or so much going on with yeah. your look. But I also like, I also, if I'm going to wear accessories, I'll, I'll wear a ton of them. Yeah. Like a ton of bracelets, a ton of necklaces. I never wear just one, uh, usually like mm-hmm. a necklace or a tiny little earring. If I'm going to wear earrings, they're going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I have kind of competing philosophies. I can see the value in both. Yeah. Um, adding a, a lot or taking most things yeah. away. But I But I think that on 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 a different side of it if you, when you're making just music at, just looking at your creative process, I think what your tendency is to do is to never get to the step of completion, to like procrastinate as much as possible. So, I think like what you need to focus on is like getting to the completion step because you there needs there's not a sense of like the urgency to like finish something you yeah, know what i mean yeah it's definitely something that i've never that i don't i don't know what that is i mean so i think it's i think Just it could because be of, associated i think it's because with of the fear of like it's not it's that's out it's it's always going to be out of your comfort zone to like release something because then it's there for people to judge in whatever way that they can, you know what I yeah. mean? So I think that you just kind of have to like throw that idea into the backseat and be like, it is what it is, but like you need to be able to finish something so that you can move on to the next thing, mm-hmm. you know? And the faster that you finish it, you know, I'm not saying it needs to be a race, but like it needs to be, you know, the 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 finishing it needs to be just as much on the, you know, importance level of it being as good as you want it to be. You know what I mean? Those are all priorities. Of course. We'll talk about that next time. Yeah. We'll save her for later. Save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love, love, love turning purple? Do you love it so much? Can you not get enough of the dulcet tones of our sensuous voices? Well, I've got amazing news for you. Fantastic news, y'all. You can get even more on our after show, After Hours. After Hours. Now available at patreon.com slash turning purple. An extra hour Every week. Every week of the Kiki and the carry of it all, darling. So subscribe to our Patreon and you get, not only do you get after hours, but you also get access to our entire catalogs of musica. Music. That's right. You can get all of our tracks and an HQ, darling. HQ. And an extra hour, an extra episode every single week for the low, low price of $10 a month. That's not a lot. It's not that much. It's really not that much. So support us on patreon.com slash turning purple.
does she do it? How does How she does do? she do? How does she do it, Oh, my God. Man, do you like, see that? Do you see that? How did, like, she well, do that, man? Far out. Yes. Oh, so. I guess it's not so much one person. Yeah, we were reading an article about multiple different uh, recording artists using a certain substance for a little bit of creative inspiration and um, to maybe enhance or affect their creative processes. Yeah, girl. Um, what we're is We're talking about LSD. LSD. Yes. Acid. That's what the kids are calling it. Acid, that acid. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we were just reading this about um, all these different artists that have there used LSD and during their creative process. And, and the different um, ways that it can how, yeah, how it kind of affected their music in, um, and affected change the sounds, the lyrics that they chose. and Who are some of those people? Um, artists like <laughs> The Beatles. Yeah, of course. John Coltrane. Mm -hmm. The Beach Boys. Yep. The Grateful Dead. Oh, of course. Um, Chance the Rapper. Yeah, there you go. I mean, a little bit more recent. Um, I have used LSD... Um, Mostly in high school. <laughs> uh, I On your developing I've never, brain. I've never, um, <laughs> never been in the studio while I was tripping. Um, never thought about... Honestly, when I, I, that's the thing. I've never... Whenever I was doing drugs was like usually when I was partying, not when I was like working, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but... Uh, I think it, there's a lot of people. It that might use be fun LSD to experiment a, with. <laughs> I, you know what? That would probably be the only situation in which I would ever take it. I would, I would love to do with, it just to be like, with well, I wonder what I would create. You know, like with the intention of using it as a tool. I have no, really, no interest in. Um, I've never had any interest in using generally in using psychedelics as party drug. Well, except for mushroom summer. Except for mushrooms, the second most popular psychedelic drug. <laughs> LSD has always uh, frightened me a bit. It is, but you um, know what? An intense drug, and it can go, but it can go wrong. Because I always had the fear. Because I was afraid of having a bad trip, I kind of in my mind thought that that in, would ensure that I did have a bad trip. Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking about it the whole time, but when I used to do acid with, I would get a very specific group of friends together. It would be all planned out. It was never like, "Hey, I got some acid. Let's just drop it right now." You know. Well, uh, it was the same for me. Like, I think psychedelics are like that. They're such. It's such a sensitive experience. Mm -hmm. um, I could never really. I didn't like doing it in groups. Mm -hmm. No, you should not like, do it in groups unless like you're planning to do it and in you know all the people. Like we always like literally like it was, it was like a big deal. One, like, it was only ever with one would, other person. We would have like maybe four people 
it was usually, I think it was four people because we didn't want to go over four because that was too many, maybe five, but like it was never, I've never done it with just one other person. And we would always like, we would rent a hotel room so that we would have like a safe place to be and not have to deal with like our parents and stuff like, you know what I mean? Like that. Not every time, actually, it got a little crazy in my senior year of high school and like, yeah, but we did try to plan it out. We always knew we were going to do it. It was never like just like an off the cuff thing. Like, oh, I got some acid. Let's, some acid. Blow, let's do this acid and start tripping. Like <laughs> one time I went to see a play on acid and um, that was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. It was sure. actually Macbeth. And it was On done. Acid? And it was done at my school. I went to a performing arts school, so like the plays were like really, they were like good and like crazy. <laughs> they were like good, and and, <laughs> and it wasn't like your typical high school production. You they know, were like, they were actually good. good. And um, this was like a post post apocalyptic version of, of Macbeth. And like the the set was just like all this like weird garbage stuff like piled up and it was pretty intense and um, yeah I've I would never... suggest having to sit somewhere for an hour and a half because I actually had to start having to pee in the well, middle of the <laughs> first part and I was like oh god this is terrible it, because that's all you can focus on uh, it makes sense because I know that. LSD can fuck with all of your senses. Yeah. And, I, and the article was talking about how, you know, there, uh, the change that taking LSD made in these artists' art mm-hmm. that they spoke of themselves. And with music, um, you can have auditory hallucinations as well as visual hallucinations. Where sounds sound different than they would to you normally, yeah. so that makes sense. If you're like, if you're creating, then you can reflect yeah. what it is that you're hearing, which is what not, which is something that you wouldn't normally hear. Mm-hmm. Sounds bleed into each other in different ways. Uh, different sound, some things can stop abruptly in ways that they aren't actually stopping mm-hmm. or starting. Um, so yeah, there can be interruptions in normal in the way that you would normally hear something. Yeah. So I, interruptions I, so I are it. not maybe not even interruptions, but more you're you're more sensitive to to the sounds. I think that 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 could be another um, result of like doing it. I, I think I think I would probably be more sensitive to the mm-hmm. sounds. Um, I was also talking about like lyrically um, lyrical changes. Yeah, because describing things that are disjointed, um, yeah, or like some in, or things that you wouldn't necessarily describe, right? Things that don't necessarily make sense outside. It's of like your Lucy drug in the sky with diamonds mm-hmm. is like describing a hallucination. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know. I never really had that many like visual hallucinations on on LSD, um, other than like. You know, going like, going like, uh, moving your hands in front of you and moving your fingers really mm-hmm. fast, and it's just kind of like going slower than it should be. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, it's almost like Are you having a flashback. No, it's funny because when You're you continuing when you, to do when it. you do it when I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at my fingers, and it's like you can see traces of your fingers 
when you're not fucked up, but I don't think it's something that you normally look at. But then when you stare at your hand, when you are fucked up, you're like, whoa, it's I can not- see traces of my fingers, but it's like, Trails. those are always there. Yeah, but they're, they're they're more exaggerated. Yeah, they're more exaggerated, but they're they're always there. You just never do that stupid type of stuff when you're sober. Because why would you be looking at your hand going across your face? You know, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I never thought about it that way, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that um, I would do maybe it. Maybe we should try. I maybe think- we should try it on mushrooms or something. That might be fun. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm. But I also dread the thought of doing drugs at this point because it's just like, oh God, it's like mushrooms. Seems like well, acid. I I don't know what the, so the hangover factor, factor is for acid, but because uh, I've never done it. I mean, I've done it in very small. I have done it. I've done it like a mangle day and stuff like that in very small quantities. Mm-hmm. Um. Mixed in with a lot of other drugs, <laughs> but uh, so I wouldn't know. Like, I don't know if I was tripping or not. If it was because of the acid or because of the other yeah. drugs that were in there, who knows? Um, but I have done a substantial amount of. I have taken quite a few large mushroom trips, mm-hmm. um, and I've definitely. There are some things that always happen. Uh, there are some things that I don't know if like visual hallucinations. They yeah. seeing things that aren't there. I, I mean, perceiving things that aren't actually happening. Yes, mm-hmm. but see, actually seeing things. Well, there was one time I remember that the first time that I had ever experienced being out, like going to a party on mushrooms. Oh, which God. is something that I had Was that avoided. when we were in the club and we were going to fall off the couch? No, no, that was fun. <laughs> I didn't find that to be scary. That was intense because it I was felt intense. like I was going to fall and get it's sucked so into weird. the room. It's so weird that, that, you can, on a couch. that you are two, two separate people can take the same substance and either through, I don't know if it's like suggest you're highly suggestible mm-hmm. at that point. It's like, like hypnotism. I don't know what it is, which is why... Doing it with more than one other person isn't always bad because you can end up in different places and it can ruin it. Mm-hmm. But with one other person, you can generate. I've never had a trip with another person that we weren't completely simpatico, like we weren't completely on the same wavelength or even experiencing the same things. Yeah, I don't know whether it's because you're so highly suggestible or if if you're actually or if it's something deeper than that. Who yeah, knows? I don't know. But, um. I wasn't scared when we were at the club and we th- it felt like we were going to fall into the room. Mm-hmm. We were both like gripping onto the couch and it felt like the room was tilting. Like uh-huh. if we didn't hold onto the couch, we were going to fall into the dance floor. Uh-huh. We're going to th- fall through the curtain from because yeah. we never went, we never hung out at the actual party. We were in the right. VIP uh, next to the DJ booth. We felt like we were going to fall through the curtain into the club. Mm-hmm. For real, I did. I was holding onto the couch, like, oh my god. Yeah, but that wasn't scary. The first time that I uh, did it, took mushrooms and went out in public. It felt like everybody turned into everyone. Kind of, this might was a bit of a hallucination. Everyone looked like monsters. Uh Everyone kind of turned into these weird clown, scary. Yeah, it. I don't know if it was like they looked. 
again, it did not that they looked like monsters, they felt like monsters. Mm-hmm. They they felt like their intentions were evil. Or right. like they, they they intended me harm and I had to leave. Mm-hmm. I don't think no now that I'm thinking about it, because I do remember it, it was more of a feeling than mm-hmm. an actual visible visual hallucination. They didn't turn into monsters, they didn't turn into scary clowns, but the feeling that I got while I was around them was that their intentions were evil. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just my first instinct is not to like make something. Make something when I'm high on Me neither. stuff like that. This is and the reason- I think that like these artists, like, they're always probably like got recording sessions to go to and the studio is booked. Like if I was the Beatles, you know, and I had like that's like what I did was like go to the studio and record music. They probably took drugs while they were in the studio just because there was no other time to take the drugs. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they had to be probably be in the studio and they're just like, we have to record this shit and it's a band and we, we have to all be there at the same time. And LSD was new. Yeah. And it was just like, I mean, I used to smoke pot all the time when I was, rec- when I was working on music, yeah. you know? And, uh, but to like do like a heavy drug, like LSD or mushrooms or something, I, I usually consider plan mushrooms to be a heavy drug. Well, you get fucked up. You get really fucked up. More fucked up than you do when you drink or smoke weed. I, I consider that a heavy drug because it's something that you I would plan to do. It, yeah, you know, it morphs not, your not perception like of just reality. Do. I, I wouldn't want to just I wouldn't feel comfortable being high on mushrooms in any regular situation, you know what I mean? I became comfortable. <laughs> But over I don't know. Mush- it's just like summer. it's just like when <laughs> when I when I think about LSD or something, it's just something that I would plan on doing for a specific event or something, or just you know, I don't know. It's just I never never really crossed my mind to be like, let me write a song. You know, I don't know. But I always says I, I see it more as work at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, making music. Not in a bad way, but I just see it as like that's what I do when I'm working. And then if I'm going to like go and party and like drink and whatever, I'm not going to mix those two together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I, I like, like to do be, both, but yeah. like I don't, I, I just like don't might see be mixing those together. To try it. It might be, but it almost feels weird to like feel like you have to do something while you're tripping. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> when you're tripping, you just kind of want to do whatever, you know? Well, that's the thing about psychedelics. I think that your intention can morph your experience. Yeah. If your intention is, this is what a lot of people I've heard said in many different ways um, in many different documentaries on the subject, is that your intention can morph your perception of what is happening to you. It can yeah. morph your trip. If you go into the something to a psychedelic experience with an intention, mm-hmm. then yeah. I also what, fear that I would have a downward spiral and the inner demon of me not being good enough would come into play and I might it might trip me out. I'd be like, this is not good. Why are you even trying to do this? Why are you trying to make music? You're not good. Like my, you know, my my inner saboteur mm. might take over and you don't want any of that. That was the reason that I stayed away from acid for most of my life. But I feel like now, I don't know, I have a very different 
uh, perception of my of of my demons. Mm. I think like I've worked through a lot of shit, especially in the past year. I have a lot less baggage to carry. Yeah, and I feel like I could probably. I, yeah, feel I like don't know. These days, I could actually probably, if I went and I don't have, I don't generally have the urge any longer in general just to be fucked up. Yeah, that's the I thing. Used to, I don't. I, used, I don't have that. Well, that's the thing. If anymore. you if your intention going into it is to be fucked up, this I think Sting said this on a, the documentary that we watched recently. So if you go to it into a psychedelic experience, if you're like, I want to be fucked up, then guess what? You're going to get fucked up. Mm-hmm. But if you go into a psychedelic experience with an intention about what it is that you're trying to experience or trying to unlock something, or do you know, like if you go into some sort yeah. of intention, then that's what will come to pass. Well, stay tuned. Will <laughs> we do psychedelics in, or, in order to experiment with our creative process? Who knows? You never know. We might be high next time you listen to the podcast. <laughs> I think that would be a good idea. <laughs> ah, my face is melting! <laughs> <laughs> who, who is she? She's um a good time girl. She's a good time girl and an old friend of of ours. New York City legend. New York City nightlife legend. I don't know why she came to mind. I guess we were just kind of going through the Rolodex of like people that we knew. The she's the she's that we had known. Uh, I mean, she is the legendary. Years. She is legendary, and one of my favorite people. And in New York, she's so much fun, hilarious, she's, and really funny. I love her dry, so dry sense oh, of it's humor. So incredibly dry. <laughs> it's unlike her. Pre- uh, her name is Linda Simpson. <laughs> Who are you talking, are you talking about? about? Her name is Linda Simpson, and she's a legendary New York nightlife icon, um, nightlife historian. Um, as well that we've both known for I've known her for many many years I originally used to hang out quite a bit when I first came around like when I was in college when I was first doing drag she was one of the first queens of another generation that I actually mm-hmm. hung out with and I at the time I didn't really I didn't realize how lucky I was to have that experience because she was so she's just a trove of nightlife information. And I actually got to go to her apartment a few times and look through. She had a whole wall. She's been called the unwitting uh, nightlife historian. Mm-hmm. Um, because back in the day, she used to take, she had a camera that she kept in her purse. Mm-hmm. And she was of the scene. She was of the moment. In the, the late 80s, early 90s, she started doing drag in New York City. And it, there was a boom. There was a drag boom, um, and it became very popularized. And so she would go out. She was out all the time because there was always somewhere to go in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just took pictures of people that were in the scene, tons of pictures. I actually was at her apartment once. She had them all in these boxes, and there was an entire wall of her apartment. It was on 13th Street. 
um, was just covered floor to ceiling in these things oh that were shoebox sized um, boxes of pictures. Wow. And she was just like, um, you know, I remember we were talking about Amanda came up. She's like, oh, I've got some pictures of her from back in the day, like pre mm-hmm. what we have, the, you know, pre the art project doll, mm-hmm. living doll that we have today. Um, and she has pictures like that of everybody, mm. anyone that you could name that has ever come to prominence or or remained obscure, anyone that you could think of um, that came out of nightlife. She yeah. has tons of pictures of. Yeah, crazy. To I wonder think what that like, she has of me because she definitely took I'm pictures. Sure she, yeah, uh, crazy to think that like back in the early '90s, maybe out of the entire club. Five people might have a camera. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. not everybody was walking around no. with cameras. Now, there, there was no, even things when were we not started, be, being documented. No. Even when we started doing nightlife, oh, yeah. it, there, was a, there was an industry. We had razor nightlife. phones with like the people wouldn't even take pictures on those things because you, no. they were so pixelated. It wasn't even worth People it. didn't take their own pictures. There were nightlife photographers at that time. Yeah. But it was a, there was only a handful. Yeah, but there were if there was if if the party was popping, if it was a party that was advertised, you mm-hmm. know, um, then there was a, a nightlife photographer would show up at some point. Not necessarily always employed by the party, but yeah. there would at some point during the party, there would a nightlife photographer would show up and take some pictures. And then if you were really cool, you would get your picture in the back of in the background. Or oh, sorry, can I even say that anymore? Twenty twenty, that's what we called them. We called them fag rags. Yeah. Um, um, but anyway, Linda motherfucking Simpson. Yeah. She um, is hilarious and an amazing person. You should follow her. Um, at, she's Linda out, Simpson at Linda on Simpson Instagram, on Instagram. L-I-N-D-A-S-I-M-P-S-O-N. Thank you for that song. Oh, that was welcome. beautiful. <laughs> you should follow her because she has um, and learn, 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 children, learn about Miss Linda Simpson. She's got, she's um, done photography books. She's done many series in live series in New York and exhibitions that she's toured around with, uh, in which she narrates. Um, she goes through. Uh, a lot of the pictures that she's taken over the years and she narrates, which is, and I've been to one and it's fucking hilarious. So if you ever have the chance to go to one of those. She used to do drag bingo at the Rapture. Yeah, she did. Yeah, that's what I remember. I went to that a few times. She was such a good bingo caller. She really is. And there's there's great, um, she has a wonderful, there's an amazing series that I've mentioned before um, about nightlife that's in HuffPost. Um, queer voices, queer, queer voices, um, by James Michael Nichols, that di- the an interview series of people in nightlife, and Linda mm-hmm. Simpson has a really great one of those. Michael Musto's written written some wonderful pieces about her for the New York Times. So if you want to find out about Miss Linda Simpson, there's plenty out there. Um, and she's one of our uh, oh, like she's one of my OG sissy besties from back in the day, and just an amazing person and an amazing. Uh, part of queer history For sure. um, that you would want to get into um, because you're gonna, because of the, you'll recognize, if you go through the things that she's released, um, 
you'll recognize a lot of the faces that have gone on to become uh, famous, you know, drag icons. She has them. She has all of the receipts. Oh, girl. All of those. The receipts. bitch has all of the receipts. She got all the receipts. And if you like receipts, you'll love Linda <laughs> A skinny legend for the ages. A skinny then. legend for the ages. Love Le- you, Linda. Love you, Linda. It's early. You done? I haven't had time for my uh, vocal warm-ups yet today. Oh, what have you done? We've been working. We've been working. I am not. It's been like the first time in months since we had to like go somewhere and and do, do stuff. work. It was like, girl, I get home from it's work. A lot. I'm like, I'm, I'm tired. Sit down, sit down. I just want to sit down. Have my dinner. Go to bed. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I'm. Uh, which is great. Which is great. <laughs> You've been, been sleeping nice. late. Uh, yeah, I've been sleeping a lot longer than normal, so that's good. I feel like maybe it has something to do with that soft ass mattress that you have. You might want to try something harder. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's said. not my. <laughs> there you go. It's not. It's not the mattress. I have this like memory foam thing on top of it, and then this other like cushiony. There's so much cushion. Too much cushion? Too much cushion for the pushing. Uh, never, no such thing. Um, <laughs> too, too much pushing for the cushion. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll have to see about that when she returns. Um, but what have you done? What have you been during, Erica? For me? Yes. Uh, for this you. This past week? For you. I've just been, I mean, what we've been working. I haven't been doing anything done. except for getting up and going to work. I mean, I worked on, I had brought some well, things to finish. Multiple days sewing. off in the interim. So, well, we, we just, we didn't, oh. I mean, I don't know. You've been working on stuff. I w- did a remix. I. Started working out. I have a new workout schedule in mind where I'm going to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I did my workout yesterday. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah, I haven't been doing it. Uh, I've been chilling. Um, Sorry. And then, <laughs> um, I've been and then, chilling. You know, and then the shooting and then, yeah. And now I have to start recording a new EP and we have to continue working on your music. Yeah, we haven't been doing any of that. Um, so this week we need to get right. back to well, that's it. Well, it's only been a week mm. because we literally were working all day. So yeah, this past week I think it's just been a little bit of an acclimation. Yeah. 
So I don't feel bad about not having done anything this past week because we worked a lot. I was in drag for a long time. Um, yeah, I've been in drag for a lot and a lot of drag to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I've been whole lot of dragon going on. As my, like I mentioned last time that the anxiety of making money has gone, um, but it's been replaced. By With. another anxiety. <laughs> What's your other anxiety? It's I'm I'm it's it's coming into focus. I'm feeling it more and more. <laughs> and maybe that is, has to do with going like my, back my to dream. work. No, going back to work. Yeah, that's like a regular. That's not something that's super bothering me. I think the fact that I'm going to be gone for a month in between Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Is that what you're anxious about, Erica? Because you're going to miss me so much. No. Oh. Um. <laughs> I think the the anxiety is of course I'm gonna miss you. I always miss you. Oh. Um <laughs> What's your anxiety? Now I'm interested. It's uh keeping everything going while I'm at work. Having or how, how am I gonna have the energy to keep doing all this stuff? Because well, I'm working because I'm work I'm gonna be working full time. And I remember, I just remember I know that my my outlook has changed completely on life in the past. Since since Corona, but I just remember I'm remembering how I felt. Uh, I mean, I was transitioning out of that. I was doing more. I was performing more. Mm-hmm. I was doing more stuff. But still, during the week, whenever I I, I just didn't have. Yeah, I remember well, being. I just remember being so exhausted after work that I never. Yeah, I remember having the intention to do all these things, right, and never doing them because when I got home from work, I was just fucking exhausted. And I didn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm becoming anxious about that becoming a reality. So I'm trying to focus. I guess I'm trying to actively think of ways to prevent that from happening. Yeah, I'm just right now. I'm more like. On the stage of, I'm hoping that that doesn't happen, but I need to transition into coming up with ways to make sure that that doesn't happen because I don't want this to, I don't want any of these things to end. But I just, but the anxiety is that I'm starting to remember how I felt when I was working all the time. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, it was, was easy very, for us to do all these new projects in the midst of being, you know, quarantined at our house, you know, you you were not going to work and you, we didn't really have a full schedule, you know, and it's great. I mean, I've been able to save a lot of money this year just from not being, you know, having the option to go out and blow money on expensive meals and going out for party, you know, for parties and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but, you know... uh yeah, when the real world starts creeping in, you have to know it's time management, you know, and it's like making the decision to work on whatever you want to work on instead of just getting home and being like, okay, I'm just going to sit down and watch TV. You know, it's like you got to make yourself do it, you know? Yes, and it's, it's easy not as to say. It, 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 but no, I just, I'm remembering no, I'm, I'm not saying it's easy. It's, it's not easy. It's hard. It's a conscious from decision. You know? Well, I made that decision and it never worked out. So I'm like, that's where the anxiety comes yeah. in. Because I did decide that along the way that I was going to do all of these things, that I, all these things that I wanted to do. But then the reality of being on your feet for 
you know, all day mm-hmm. and then coming home. No, I know. It's like, it's a whole nother thing. And I'm, I'm wondering, I'm hoping that. Well, there's always. I'm hoping that because I was at a very different place then. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the physic, like the changes that I've made in my life will be enough to keep me on the right path. Mm-hmm. But because I'm an anxious person, that anxiety is creeping in about was well, it going to be enough? Am I just going to fall back into that? Am I going to gain a bunch of weight again? Am I going to have? Do you know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. just like that anxiety is taking over um, a well, little were, bit, you, and you I'm were, trying do, not. You were no. I think that you, you know, you were doing good with with your whole health and fitness and stuff. Yeah, and I was still at work with your job and it's just, you know, will you be able to get as much done as you are now? Probably not because you're going to have a full-time job, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. But I just don't like I it's just fucking sucks. But <laughs> you know, you have to uh you know, you have to Maybe Just it'll maybe it'll figure out maybe it will ha- how to give time to those projects. I mean, you have the weekend. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe I'll evenings. like maybe I'll be more you focused. You don't work. You know, you don't. It's not like you're you're working. Um, you actually get off pretty early. You know, yeah, so you off. should still be able to do some stuff in the in the evenings and stuff too. Yeah, I, I know will. that it's hard. I mean, if I worked all day, I wouldn't want to do anything when I got home either. But, you know, that's why we're trying to get as much stuff as we can done before you have to go back to work. When do you go back to work? Right after we get 16th. back? 16th. Oh, okay. Well, we still can record stuff and whatever. We can record that's in, all the, we're doing in the, the evenings. Yeah. It's all we're doing at this point. And then, like, you know, you just get a day that you get in drag and we record some stuff, like on the weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, what it is. It's, uh, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe what that's about why I had such a finishing all these videos dream. that you've already shot and putting them out to the world? Yeah, that has when to happen as well. That? That has to start happening as well. Yeah, but how is that going to happen, and when is it going to happen? That's it's what you need gonna to be start thinking. happening. It's like, no, it's not going to start happening. It, you have to figure out the plan to finish it. It doesn't. You can't just say it's going to happen. You need to well, say this is what's going to happen in order for this to fin- to be completed. I don't know. Well, that's what you need to be thinking about. <laughs> Got to think about getting it out there. You can't just think about composing. You have to think about releasing as well. I mean, I'm still busy thinking about getting it done. Yeah, but it's not, you don't have to get all of it done in order to release it. These are individual things. It's not a movie. It's just a series. You don't finish the whole series before you release it unless it really gets released on Netflix. (laughs) But, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Multitask, Erica. I'm not a good multitasker. Um, so, you know, I'm doing my three days a week workout now. Must That's my challenge you. for myself. <laughs> That's my challenge for myself because I like to challenge Smell myself. Smell you, Nancy Drew. And um, yeah, it's actually good because I have a little bit 
more structure now that I have like times that I know that I have to be ready and go to work and stuff like that. So it actually helps me. I do better with more things in my schedule than less things. I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to make that happen too. I, I got things to figure out. Yeah. So I guess the, because what, 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 I, need, what do I need to, to figure procrastinate out procrastinate when you look at your schedule. You're I like, well, I know I'm doing this, then this, then I have this day. I have to do this, so I've got to do this right now. Mm-hmm. Got to get it done because otherwise, I'm not gonna be able to do it for two weeks. You yeah. know what I mean? Got to get back to making songs, tracks, and I got to figure out how I'm gonna start. Uh, got to edit those videos and get them out. Put them up on your YouTube. Yeah. It's not that hard because they're all one take. The dance ones? Yeah. They're basically already done. So it shouldn't be that hard. So mm-hmm. just think about it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you get hit by a bus, just think about all this lost work that's going to, you know. It's all going to be for by a bus. No. You want me to get hit by a bus now? No, I don't want you to get you hit by a bus. Me, you trying to make me get hit but by a bus now, a bus. Adam Joseph? Hey, there's a lot of buses out there, <sighs> so you never know. He's trying to put that juju on me. Anyway, <laughs> I do have one more question for you, Erica. When is it? <laughs> How's your head? Oh, my gosh. Elvira, I'm sorry. Are you all right? Yeah, I think so. How's your head? Well, I haven't had any complaints yet. Excuse me? Well, my head um, is good. Good. Erica, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling... How dare you give the wrong response? The response is not, my head is good. My head is very good. <laughs> <laughs> you know I haven't goes. had any complaints there yet. There you go. See... I haven't had any complaints yet. I haven't had any complaints yet. How dare you? I haven't had any complaints yet. Well, you had a drug scare. Oh, we talked about that we last week. We talked about didn't that last we? time. Drug um, scare. She ran out of the pharmacy, was closed. The pharmacy was closed. Um, but it's back open it's now. It's back open. But yeah, I don't know that that I had that dream just left me with a really icky feeling. It's better now than it was when we started recording, <laughs> but it's still there. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it's uh, affected me so deeply. Bizarre, but yeah, I think it has to do also with the culmination of like those anxieties that I've been having, and uh, you know. The, the, uh, the, I guess it's setting in that whatever this has been is coming to a close. Yeah. It's making me a little, it's put me down a little bit. So I guess I need to maybe shift my perspective into like looking forward to something new as opposed to being sad about something that's ending. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, I'd rather not go to work than and still get paid than have to go to work and to yeah, get paid. It fucking sucks. But, you know, I guess unemployment can't last forever. No, it certainly can't. 
Although I'm hoping they'll pass something so that I can get some retroactive money going on before I go off on employment. That would be a nice little chunk to sit on. Mm-hmm. But that ain't going to happen because our government is useless. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to go. Vote them out. Yeah. They're useless. Vote them out. <laughs> Every last fucking one of them. If they've been there for more than four years, get the fucking boot. So uh, <laughs> we can talk about how much you hate the government on our after show. <laughs> after hours available at patreon.com slash turning purple. Where we give you an extra hour on our official after show after every episode of turning purple. You can also get Music downloads from both of our catalogs. And so if you like comment to us. and um, share with us what you think about turning purple. Yeah. If comment you'd and share. If you like to support us, it's only $10 a month for access to all the past episodes. Mm-hmm. I think we got about 17 episodes at this point. Um, yeah, you can just hang out with us for hours and hours. Because we're so much fun. So much fun. Um, How's my head, you ask, Erica? Well, thanks for asking. Um, (laughs) Nobody cares. How's your head, Adam Joseph? Um, It's been pretty good. You know, I usually wouldn't say that I feel great, but yesterday I felt really good. Yeah? Yeah. Just like feeling like, oh, I feel good. You know what I mean? Because usually I don't feel that, feel that way. Usually I just feel okay. Kind of good, kind of bad. <laughs> but yesterday <laughs> I felt good. I don't know what it was. A little extra serotonin. Uh, An extra boost. Pumped A little into change my, of scenery. Pumped into my brain. Serotonin? Yeah. Yeah. Serotonin will do that to you. That's the happy... Uh, What's it called? Chemical, right? Happy juice. Um, <laughs> there's still a little bit left. Yeah. After um, all that ecstasy. Yeah, I don't know. I I felt good yesterday, and I feel pretty good today. Um, I do like working, being here, feeling like I have a purpose, Um, at least for this month, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, being of service and, yeah, it just feels, it feels good. And it feels good to not be feeling like I'm stuck in the house and doing the same thing that we've been doing for the last six months or whatever it's been. Yeah, it's nice to be in L.A. I mean, it's Um, not nice to be in L.A., but it's nice to be here doing what we're doing. Because LA is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd much I rather mean, still. That's what be I in mean. Phoenix, but that's what know. I mean. It's nice to be here doing what we're doing, and it's nice to get you know to spend some Corona time with some sissies. Yeah, um, some Corona time. I don't know if that sounds right. Some sushi disty time. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm feeling. I'm feeling. I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling okay. I'm just trying to shake. I was just trying to shake. I got. I'm I'm assimilating to for some reason today. 
is is one of those days where sometimes I just have days where um there's a lot of assimilation going on. Yeah. Well, if you don't want to work a regular job, you have to figure out how else you can make money, you know? Yes, I know. And I don't think that, that hasn't you've happened. Really done any of that work. So you know I'm aware that's another Thank you for thing reminding me. to, you know. <laughs> it doesn't have to be something that you take offense towards addressing. I'm just saying that that could be another thing that you can put on your list and yeah. you know, think about instead of just pushing it to the side. Whatever. Yeah. Yes, I know. I do need to do that. So, you know, one of those days. You're a talented, intelligent, driven, artistic, creative individual, and I'm sure that you can accomplish whatever you set your mind to. Well, that's nice. Wow. <laughs> so sensitive and sweet. Who is that? <laughs> and now that I've congratulated you, it's time to congratulate yourself. Yourself. Here we go. Atta girl. a girl. Atta girl. Atta girl. Um, I just watched the Dolly Parton documentary and they were talking about nine to five on there. I haven't seen it. Is it on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I love me some Dolly Parton. And and even they even had that uh she even had that time in her career where she wasn't like selling out venues and stuff like that. And um, I don't know, she released like a bluegrass album and it didn't do very well, even though it was like critically acclaimed, but it didn't sell. And it was really when 70s in the early 90s, early 90s. Yeah. Hmm. And um, I mean, she was just getting her career started in the 70s in the early 70s she started doing it like in the late 60s yeah and um but yeah i mean she's always been successful like throughout her entire career um but i don't know um (laughs) because it's from nine to five um this is the uh portion in the show where we congratulate ourselves self-congratulations self-realization self Awareness, self esteem, self love. Yeah. Uh, because it means more when it comes from you. It does. So you can go first. I'm just gonna go for it. Um, and if and if you've never tried it at home, guys, give it a try. You will not fully understand the power of it until you do it to yourself. See, it might seem silly, but it does seem gosh. Silly. Okay. It works. Adam. <laughs> this week you have shot several episodes of a gay LGBT queer series for television and YouTube. You have started a new workout schedule and adhered to it so far. You have kept up with all of your jobs that you have at the moment. 
as a self-employed professional, and you have created new music that is beautiful, and you and others appreciate. And you've maintained a pretty good attitude while doing it. And for all these things, I'm proud of you. God. <laughs> oh, I felt that one hard, Ooh, baby. I can see it. It's coming oh my up. God. It's coming up. Wow. Girl. That was powerful for you. That was good. You just felt, you're all flushed. I know. I'm about to cry. <laughs> oh, Jeez. oh, my God. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> That's the point. Your turn, Erica. Oh, Erica. This week, you have gotten yourself up. You've gotten yourself about early in the morning. You've gotten yourself in drag. You've stayed in drag all day. You've maintained a positive outlook. You've gotten managed to get some sewing done as well. And for these things... I'm proud of you. Congratulations. Mm. <laughs> Good job. Adam. <sighs> Girl. Uh, that was more like, that wasn't like, that felt more of like a relief. Yeah? Yeah. A relief from what? I don't know. That kind of, I just kind of felt like a breath. Like a. Like you <sighs> did these things. You didn't do nothing this past week. You did do a thing. You did do something. You yeah, that was more things. of like a, I can do things. <sighs> that was more like a breath, like a release. That was a definitely, definitely a different experience than usual. Usually, it's like the one that you just had. Yeah, but this one was more like a. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Now I can start my day. Mm-hmm. I feel better. There you go. Well, good. Better than feeling worse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, feeling better is better than feeling. Worse. Yeah, I know it's true. Um, Sunday bulletin. Sunday bulletin. Let the minutes see. out. Uh, as I said before, join our Patreon if you love turning purple, or if you just kind of like it, whatever, and you want more. And you want more if you want to interact. You, you know, you can uh, put some stuff comments up there. You can interact with us. I'm. I'll be better. Yeah, you can talk to us. If you guys I ever promise. talk to us on the Patreon and leave <laughs> I comments, I just came across something that Erica, somebody left like a month ago that I never saw. Erica logged into the Patreon this week for the first time in a long time, and hopefully addressed some comments that were up there. Nah, I haven't yet, but I will. Oh well, she's going to. <laughs> Um, you can get uh, our new music. Don't that let we're that deter on. you. <laughs> um, when it comes out, keep on I'm, leaving. I'm them. actually going to put up an early release of my new single that's coming out on Monday. I'm going to put that up on the Patreon as a pre-release that only you guys will get in the in the next in the coming days. In the coming days, so because the song is called Second Coming, so Ooh. you'll have the first coming. Before the rest, <laughs> um, uh, you can please follow us on Twitter at Turning Purple underscore, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Joseph Music. And you can follow me at Eric Tour. 
You can write us an email for any questions, comments, queries, and concerns, ideas about shows. Uh, yes, please. Suggestions. suggestions. Just if you just want to shoot the shit. Um, show us your love and or let us know that um, you've been doing Atta Girls and how good it feels. I'd love to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, I would like to know. Has anyone actually tried this? No one, and said, if you, no one said anything to us about anything lately. No. So and, uh, I, I know, know people are listening. I want to know. So don't Did act you like you're not. <laughs> <laughs> we can see that you are. Um, but yeah, I want to know. I want to know if anyone's tried any of these and if their experiences, because that was like seriously, like very much, very transformative for me and yeah. Adam. Um, I did get one person on Twitter saying because I asked if anyone had anything to say about their creative process, and we got one response. Really? Yes, well, that's better we than none. It is better than none. Um. There, they said, don't. It was uh, David Abercrombie at AB Div. Um, never sit and stare at a blank page, screen, or canvas, it will just intimidate you. Just put down anything, you can always change it, cover it, or start over. Start over if you don't like it. Got taught that in art therapy. That's actually that's a good tip. Yeah, like w- just begin, you know. Don't just sit there in front. Of, it is intimidating. The first stroke. That's what she <laughs> said. <laughs> um, yeah. So follow us on social media and subscribe to our Patreon. Get out there and vote on November third, or get your ballots in the mail. Please vote. Don't just forget about it. We're going through. All, all kinds of uh, hoops to be able to vote this year because we were waiting for our out for our early ballots and then we had to leave towns. So now we're going to get our friend to send them to us, and you know, hopefully that's going to happen because I'm going to be very upset if I'm unable to vote. Um, I might just have to take a, a weekend trip back to Arizona and do it in person. Oh my god! <laughs> um, and. What else do we need to tell the children, Erica? Can you think of anything else? I can't else? think of anything else. I think we've covered I think we've covered the topics to to get the children into. Oh yeah. Leave us a review on iTunes. Leave us a review. Five stars. Five stars, please. And uh, say something about the podcast. And tell share us what it. You like. Put and it on it. your Instagram, put it on your Twitter, put it on your Facebook. Let your friends know that Turning Purple exists so that we can Spread the love to more and more people. Spread it. Spread it around. Yeah. Fucking spread it. Oh, wow. Oh, my. That took a turn. Anyway, um, (laughs) that's, we'll we'll talk more about that type of situation on After Hours. Um, I think it's time for. Hey, wait a minute. Aren't you forgetting something? Well, it's only Thursday. Tell Miss Never to say. mind. I think I need you to say it every morning. Very well. The mantra that we'd like to share we at like the to end say of this every to ourselves. podcast. Because <sighs> on days like today, I need reminding. Oh, she's having <laughs> a bad day. I just, yeah, maybe, I, I don't want to say that because it's not, True. I'm not having a bad day. It's just not as good as it has been. (laughs) So, 
Yeah, I think I'm gonna need. I need to hear. I'm gonna need you to say it every morning. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, <laughs> all these things are true. Let's all right, do it. Here we go. I, I am, am an, an artist. artist. I am creative. I am talented. I am productive. I am capable of using the full force of my talents to bring it to the floor, turn it out, and gag the children. Well, that was pretty good. Well, mine was bad. That Yours was, was better and mine was worse. Good. The tongue pop is improving. Well, I'm embarrassed. There we there go. There it is. <laughs> we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.